originally I had intended to start with like early beginnings in music, Eureka, California. But before I get there, I do want to go there. I want to talk first about playing solo. You seem very comfortable in solo context. At least how that's how it appeared to me. I'm thrilled it comes across that way, but it's uh, music is is so beautiful and, and so deep. And I want to start this out thanking that this thing happens. That this thing, good ears come to listen to to unique approaches to music. Absolutely. Ken, Tim, Ryan, everybody that helps to make this, and you all included. So before we. We get into that, uh, right? Uh, but but each musician does solo all the time when they're at home doing their instrument, right? right? It's it's not it's not so often in front of people, in front of. But uh, there is, I've been doing dance classes for my whole musical life, and so every time I've been doing that, it, I can think of that as solo. Yes, but at least I've had very limited. Uh, dance accompanying compared to all the great dance classes you've done. However, there's an edge that gets taken off because you're still collaborating. And when yeah, you're playing yeah. solo without dance, it's like everything's on you. All yeah. the eyes are. And that, yeah, for yeah. me, that's a fundamental change. But I wonder if you felt the dance class that was happening here was a three. I was dancing, actually. I was, I, was, trying to... I was trying to get that. Because so much of dance is in threes. And ah, I was, that was okay. just this six that I was working on. I, I, I felt I, I felt an element start and then I go okay here we go <laughs> so that's what that piece was about among other things um, but but why not uh, okay uh, one of the elliptical riddles of being a musician is to have a musical idea float up and then how do you really get it to commit to it, okay, here it is, here it is, here it is, coming up, and okay, what it is, this is it, and how, okay. Then the principal questions are uh, how to distill it, mm -hmm. and then how long it's going to last, and then how to let go of it. Right. There's, there are some other issues of turbulence when all of that is not happening. And though that turbulence is a durable issue, and sometimes you can just let the turbulence be the issue. And here again, then I'm committing to the turbulence. Um, I just try to I'm try, I try to get past the terror of playing solo, like before I can even get to those ideas. And it's only only through repeated solo performance that I've even been able to get to that. Wow, holy cow! I'm totally by myself out here. There's a there's a great uh, Mike Tyson interview after <laughs> after the Frazier fight and uh, and talk, talking to him about fear uh. and his beautiful high voice says no no yeah fear I, I use fear as my friend if I don't have fear I don't fight interesting and, and oh, yeah. the adrenaline of just going on stage that's always there and I right. try to tell all of I mean, if it's not there, something's wrong. Yeah, I'm nervous I mean, if I'm not nervous. If right you're not there. nervous, yeah. I mean... Something's definitely wrong. Yeah. And, okay, with a band, you can go, okay, what's the first tune? Okay, and then, uh-oh, uh the leader's nervous, so that means I, I shouldn't have smoked that pot before that gig. So. <laughs> but that's okay, because, you know, I just, I just know what this is. But, so, 
with <laughs> don't try that at home <laughs> but um now here we have me segueing into what i love about coming back to america is that i love to talk and then in america i can be meet someone and go let's talk and so we, we can we can that's we can we, go through a number of very complicated tangents really rapidly right after one after another totally. yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, i would do that to some of my dutch friends and have this <laughs> and i love my dutch friends um but that's this is another story but just do it more often because Tim, right. you're a great drummer and just don't take just uh, and part of the analogy can be in narrative what we're doing now is what we're doing with music and to have the story to have the presence and to take the moment commit to it make the fresh story and then find out where it ends and then let it go beautiful so for your concert tonight, each improvisation had a really unique characteristic, and they were quite different from each other. They were each lovely. Did you come into the concert tonight with any predetermined roadmaps or oh, ideas, yeah, yeah. or do you sit down and then you just play, and then they get developed, or is it a mixture of both? Or? All of the above. Okay. Okay. Got there's it. there's some there's some grooves that I've I felt bubble up for years and I've given titles to them as the thing for my daughter and and some of the titles are bullshit and others are just this no this is something that keeps bubbling up and the first groove I did tonight I've had that for years and I was uh, in Paris and I had enough time to get to the train station and like the last stop before the station where I needed to get to, yeah, plenty of time, and the train pulls up and there's an African band in, in the metro stop playing this. And you're so I get off the train and listen. To But it turns out that there was a problem with that train that left. It went off the rails. And then, they, then in, Fran- in French, there was a message. Excusez-moi, the, uh, the... So that there were no more trains to the station that I needed to get to in a half an hour. So I got... The conclusion is, while the train is running, I have a trap case, and I'm getting it on the train while it's running. So I'm on my back with the trap case, breathing hard, and there are two French police saying, in French, ticket, please. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm on the train. I know the ticket's here somewhere, sir. But that's wow. the commitment. I wanted to hear that rhythm, and I heard it. <laughs> and I would, I, think I would pay that ticket. Right I would pay that ticket. Maybe. <laughs> Thank you.
Let's back up. You're from Eureka, California, correct? Or near Eureka, California, or is it more complicated than that? Oh, it's a little more. I was born in Modesto. Okay. So my dad and mom had a... He graduated from San Francisco University, and so I was sort of going... They live just a half mile up from Haight Ashbury, that apartment. Got it. And so I, my, my, I'm going, Dad, you, you fucked me up completely. I could, have been, I could have been a teenager. I could have walked into the second half of that Farewell Cream concert <laughs> as a 14-year-old. Wow. You know? so, but he thought he would do his internship in Modesto. <laughs> But they decided to leave that after a year. I have no recollections of my one year in Modesto. And then for one to nine, we're in Santa Ana. So where in the backyard, if you jump high enough at nine o'clock on the trampoline, you can see the Disneyland fireworks in the distance. <laughs> and like on, many others in the 50s, the middle class of America flocked to suburbs that had potential diversions for their children and good schools. How did you get involved in music uh, out there? Was anyone in your family a musician? Yeah. My, my dad thought, well, he didn't have the opportunity, so he made sure everyone in our family got music lessons. And it, he must have been going, damn, because we all just went into it hook, line, and sinker. And what about sports? Uh, but, so we had a family band, me and my three brothers, and my two brothers are still alive, and I, they live in the Bay Area, and the thought to play with them is one of my goals. Wonderful, wonderful. And uh, this takes us up to pre-disco America, where club owners needed live bands to get the people dancing and drinking. So this was, this was before they could just turn on the stereo. So there were a lot of live bands there. And one of the hippest ones in town, uh, Michael Moore, was playing Fender Rhodes. And uh, I would go listen to him and uh, go, well, that's cool. Wait a minute. Michael Moore, for those who don't know Michael Moore, amazing musician, reads... Reads player, composer. I had no idea he played that. CDs for sale in the lobby. Yes, is tremendous. But he he yeah. also he also played clarinet and alto okay. in that band. Okay, okay. And I remember, I really love to improvise, and so you could do these these sort of extended improvisations, and and I, so I would sit in with it, and I remember. I'm trying to get the nuance right, but I remember uh, I sat in with him and I felt the music shift and go to different areas and it made me really happy and then come to the end and we played the thing. So I stood up and Michael goes, sit down! Because <laughs> he was having a problem with the previous drummer and then, oh, that drummer was going to leave town. And so um, I remember uh, before my first gig, I took a cassette of the material that was going to be soon to offer. But <clears throat> in my enthusiasm, the bass line of this one song, I heard in an eighth in a different place. Okay. So that, that first rehearsal, I'm playing that song 
in a, in a winter yeah, adventure. No. What's this? What is? What are you doing? That probably uh, sounds cool. No, it's right here, isn't it? No, it's right here. And I, I, I've learned to enjoy that since then. But at the moment, I would get, no, it's here, isn't it? <laughs> no. Got it. What well, this is? Uh, excuse me if I'm talking too much. No, this but is... uh, some of, one of my greatest musical enthusiasms is if I walk into a room and say it's like an African band or or whatever, and I realize, oh, where's the one? Oh, it could be, could be, oh, whoa, whoa, yeah. No, no, and then often, like, they'll get to a bridge, and then, oh, that was like, there it is. all the mysteries will be revealed. Yeah. And then, Beautiful, right? And then I can't get back on that boat where I, oh. <laughs> California, right? Yes. Where we started. <laughs> when did you go to? Um, when did you go to New York? You went to New York from California, correct? Yes. Before you went to Amsterdam, you spent yeah. about a year in New York, right? Or a little longer? A year and a half. Okay. Okay. What made you? I guess let's back let's back up a little bit. How did you get involved in? Or why did you decide to move to New York? And when did you get interested in improvised music? Was it the experience with Michael Moore in that particular? Oh, thing? no, it was like okay. uh, much er earlier. I, the, the music that turned me on the most seemed to start from a certain place and then go to a different place. Originally, that music was the live cream of the 1967 tour. Mm -hmm. But then I, I started to hear other elements that did that in other musics. And I'm, I'm remem I remember one moment really firmly, like I'm just completely amazed at this, the, the Band of Gypsies record, just going, it's just mm -hmm. so amazing to me. And my brother, who was at that time, you know, my older brother did everything better than I did. So he was such a good musician. And, but um, both my brother and my dad were going, but the drugs and the, I didn't have words for it at the time, but who cares? The music that's coming out of that yeah, is yeah, it's so, so astounding. Yeah, absolutely. And then to credit the California state school systems and Proposition 13 of the Reagan governorship took that out. But so every morning of high school, I started out sitting at a set of drums in a stage band class. This is the first class of every day for three years. Wow. And I'm like, there is a God. You know, that's, that's, <laughs> so like, I'm so thankful for that. And there's, there's, this other drummer was really good. And the first year, my, my brother was in the trombone section. And then he shifted to piano. And, and that uh, Basie Nestico book. Mm -hmm. And then all of that stuff. It's just... You, that's the way to start the day. 
And then Ronald Reagan had to come along and ruin everything. Yeah, well, he said, why should we be paying for that? I mean, that's, or, and the, the we was, that's a specific question, too. But so for, for a while, there was no music in California schools. And then it started to come back when they realized, hey, wait a minute. This is actually useful. Jumping ahead just a little bit, I want to I want to ask you about your first experiences in Amsterdam. You moved there in 1981. What was it like when you got there, and who were the, some of the first musicians you met, and who were you working with, and how was it? How easy was it, or how difficult was it to kind of get ingrained into the scene there? Uh, that's a tough question, Tim. I mean, that's there's all these nuances, and and how much do I want to say? Do I really want to tell them that? You are being both, recorded. Both, <laughs> when I said goodbye to the house that I lived in for 15 years in the Redwoods, I took a, uh, a non-legal substance at that time. And I've, I had a, a similar version of that non-legal substance when I arrived in Amsterdam. So at 4 o'clock in the morning, I met Sean Bergen. And this... Who wasn't surprisingly enough he was in a bar at four o'clock in the morning <laughs> wow For those of you who don't know sean bergen amazing saxophonist yes to be in bars and 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 writer and uh, had i known what i know now um things would have been a lot different <laughs> but um this leads me to uh, uh the thought of I wish I would have had children before I started touring with alcoholics. Because then, then I would know enough to say, oh, of course, I understand. You guys want to drink. Fine. You know, we're, I'm parked in the harbor. I'm going to be practicing there. So when you guys finish <laughs> tomorrow morning and want to ride back <laughs> to the house that's like an hour's drive from here, uh, I'll just be practicing or sleeping, so knock there and um, knock yourselves out. <laughs> and they really? did. And they did. <laughs> wow. Amazing. But um, it's easy to be cynical, but uh, John Corbett, who was in the public, and did me a great service as re-releasing the Picnic record, which is Tristan Honsinger, Jean-Jacques Avenel. Uh, Sean Bergen is on that, and that's sort of the tip of the iceberg of what those musicians can do, and uh, oh my goodness, it's easy to be cynical, but whatever it took to float their boats at that level, right. I, I should go, man, uh, I, I'm so humbled to be chosen to be with that, yeah. even, and music is deep, and I can make judgments and this, this is certainly a time where uh, my generation has turned the page 
as saying uh, the efficiency with which you use time and step away from more time wasting processes may be a good thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, Tristan is still hitting. So if you get a chance to see him, please go listen to Mr. Holtzinger play. He's incredible. Incredible. And, and then Jean-Jacques Avenel. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, Tristan. I, I drank too much. I don't want to drive. I mean, I, I don't know Paris that well. And, and JJ says, oh, I'll drive. And JJ's, he's, he's like, he, he's put away 10 times as much as I have. And sure enough, no problem. He drove us back safely there and got us in. And I go, Jean-Jacques Avenel was, was Steve Lacey's bass player. And so there's a number of recordings where you can just go listen to Jean-Jacques. And it's uniquely rewarding. My goodness. What? Jean-Jacques Avenel and the great drummer John Betch is one of the great rhythm sections in music. And I, and I, I, would, I would go a page back with Oliver Johnson. something not entirely related to music but it is related to music but in a different way you have a, a outstanding reputation as a musician but you also have an outstanding reputation as a chess player I wanted to ask you when you got involved in playing I started chess. both of them when I was 10 really yeah and it was like boom and uh, but what is it that attracts you to chess and does it relate to your improvising I think it maybe that's no it's a completely ball. different language okay. but um, um, it, I just, I just love chess. I'm behind you is a, a series of squares, yeah. and I'm, I can I can see chess boards in that, and I'm going, and I I study ch- uh, music rather than chess now, but I start to study chess. But here, yeah, I'm 13, and my dad showed me this. Uh, how do you checkmate? A king against a king, and one king has a knight and a bishop. And I remember I went to sleep at night. When I'm supposed to, like, to go to sleep. Yeah, the, the, yeah. That and uh, it's like 2 o'clock in the morning. I go, oh, I know. And so I went to the chessboard, and I was like 12 or 13. And I go on. And <clears throat> one of the beauties about chess is that it's a nonverbal structure. But you have words to describe what happens. Mm-hmm. A knight, I don't know if any of you know enough about chess 
if, if uh, what I'm talking about, but here we go. A king, a lone king versus a king with a knight and a bishop, you can force a checkmate under the 50 moves, which is required to do. You have to, you have to checkmate in 50 moves, because if you go over 50 moves, it could be declared by your opponent as a draw. But one aspect of chess has this grid light structure where you move things forward and you come to completion. But part of the riddles or elliptical riddles with a knight and a bishop is you have to get it close to your destination and then let it go. And then it will re-coalesce slightly closer and then you can advance it and then let it go again. And later I found that to be a sweet analogy of, of music too because you, if you're gripping the musical idea you've already killed it. Mm -hmm. And so if if you can if you can let it raise for a while and there it is it's this big soap bubble and it's going up and it's, but you really have to let it go to get it to do that and sometimes sometimes it it hovers and does that rainbow thing and other times or the dog enters etc but but that thing with chess is an element It'll rise up, and you have to let it go. Now, um, that's a nice analogy. It really is. I was wanted to ask you about that because I know Anthony Braxton was also really into chess. I played him once in the Victoria Bill uh, Hotel, waiting to get to the site, and the bus came, and he forced a draw. And it, it must have <laughs> damn him. It must have been there for for moves. I mean, <clears throat> but he goes oh, and and then since. Later on, I would uh, I would try to invite him into a game of chess, and once Jerry Hemingway was in the room, and and the a cascade of different ways to say no, and it took me a while to figure this out. Where he ended up, Braxton ended up saying, "And there he is, holding a knife to my throat." I'm going. Oh, I, no! I just want to play a game of chess. But if you don't want to, you've made that clear. So I'm. I'm, I'm and I, I think, and I'm, this is maybe way off, that Anthony m m wants to focus on music. And maybe he found that uh, the, the fried liver attack in the Sicilian was an interesting thing, and he kept, he kept thinking about it. And so if he pulls back from it, then maybe he gets to think about these clarinet etudes more. Got it. My older brother, uh, for example, um, wanted to step away from the, the jazz that he was doing, so he wanted to focus on multivariable calculus. And so, fine, fine, okay. Probably more money in multivariable calculus. <laughs> well, had I known what I know now, I would have said, no, Marshall, no, you got to... We went to a Braxton concert, and uh, it was, Marshall fell in love, my old brother, he fell in love with this uh, Braxton record, uh, uh, Tete Montoyo, where they played standards, mm -hmm. and so he, he plays Donna Lee on a, like a bass saxophone or a contrabass. <laughs> 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 But I digress. 
Yeah. But I got musicians in the public, so I know you were following a bit. Um, and so Marshall said, yeah, cool. I love that record. And it, it started out with Braxton and... Um, uh, so it was two instrumentalists and two electronic players, Ray Anderson and Anthony Braxton, uh, Strange and... I'm forgetting that name. So uh, gorgeous, but really abstract. And then the second set was a large orchestra playing Braxton pieces. And I'm going, man, I can't get enough of this. And where's my brother? He went out to the car and he was in the back seat with the light in studying this, this math book because the music didn't take him there. Interesting. And I, I'm going to get rather sober now because um, um, one of the reasons that I, I am pursuing this, this musical fantasy is that my brother turned off his musical fantasy. And then he turned off his will to live. And he, he killed himself. Oh, my God. And I, I'm sorry that we're, we're going this way from... But I'm not. Because yeah. everybody's got these stories. Mm -hmm. And wait a minute. Don't, don't turn off the music. Right. Uh, isn't there another way? I mean, can't you keep a bit of the music? I mean, yeah. just find a way to put it, get that, that feeling. Yeah. See, this is from hindsight. Right. And right. naturally, uh, an occurrence in your life like that, you're always going to be, I'm always going to be, second-guessing that. But this was, now this is like 30 years ago, but I just, I felt the room go, oh shit. And, but, I don't do this gratuitously. I'm trying to present that we all make choices. Mm -hmm. And and my my mom's answer to this tragedy was perhaps he's happier now cuz he was very unhappy for a long period. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, yeah, he stopped playing music. Yeah. Right. There's a joke in there, but it's it's not a joke and
questions from Mr. Michael Vatcher. You, you must have played Misha many times. Yeah. How was that? Well, I, I know him better as a chess player than as a musician. I played him probably comparative amount of times. And part of Tim's question, how was getting to Amsterdam and then getting becoming part of Amsterdam? And there are elements where I would go to sessions and I wanted to play so bad I would break stuff. Then, and Misha's life now uh, is pre-heart attack and post-heart attack. Where pre-heart attack, he would, he would really have me. I mean, I would, uh, um, I, I had a losing record for a long time against him. And he would say, he would say a single sentence and I would be, he would, I would just flay me. Um, he, he was amazing with these one-liners. Uh, Bobby Fischer came up and, yeah, yeah, Bobby Fischer. He's my, he's my favorite anti-Semite. <laughs> and, and then, uh, how do you, I'm going, oh God. I'm trying to concentrate on this, but it's like, like forget wow. it. <laughs> and then I just, uh, other times, I, I, I post-game analysis, and I'm saying, yes, but I, I really wanted to see that variation. The variation lost. And he goes, yes, that, uh, he, had, he had a lot of these hand gestures. That sort of curiosity will be, always be rewarded. <laughs> Fantastic. Like, you will, you will lose miserably <laughs> if you pursue. <laughs> the, the, uh, okay, I have I have a, a number of Misha stories that are short. Um, so I was at a presentation of school bureaucrats, and this this one school from the dance school was 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 like overweight and leaning on the podium and talking about his boat and his summer house. <laughs> oh, just kicking yourself to stay awake. And then, then Misha comes up and he says in Dutch, oh, I love disasters. <laughs> this Iraqi war, all those dark clouds. <laughs> I <don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> and, and then so he, he talked a bit more and then walked off. And there, there happened to be a grand piano there. So he like, and then went off stage. <laughs> He's going, I'm awake now. Another time I see him sitting in with another person's band, this tenor player, Yankees Tantz, who had the same birthday as I did. But, and so he was like this, this, this jump, jump band. <laughs> and, but at a certain point, he's like looking at his watch like that tune had gone on for too long. And, and Misha saw this and goes, oh. And so there, there followed these immense major chords that came from almost any place in the song, but... You know, piano is a very strong instrument yes, if, in the right hands. And so, these major chords popping out. It's like, I was, I was laughing out loud at him. So you got case going, oh shit, I heard this guy. Yeah. Or our, 
the maximalist to a minimalist vignette I saw the ICP orchestra in the Stalick Museum and there was this sort of texture with a couple horn players and Misha walked walk to the stage and goes Dah! just one note and it was like you know ever drops soap into an oily pan you know and the music that came after that after that one note was like startling it was interesting <laughs> that's really interesting because i saw a video of misha and han Penick. and han Who's was he? already on the stage and he was, <laughs> was that happened just like, that happened Burn. frequently and then misha comes out with an with an espresso and he's got an espresso a cigarette that's that's got an ash on it like an inch long and han is just Let's see. <laughs> comes over to the piano and he goes, bong, he hits one note, fucking one note, and Han completely changes everything he's doing. Like, it was like, amazing to me just to see that. Like, the level of communication was so incredibly high. My, my first Even Han Misha was with Derek Bailey, mm. and, and Han, at this point, it was in the Krug, the small uh, other jazz club on the... So, Moore said, oh, we, we gotta go see this. And so, uh, and Han at this point had that that rubber. It was a rubber cymbal adapter that if you hit the cymbal hard enough, it would just fly off. And, <laughs> and so at a certain point, and so Han is going like this, and Derek is going, and I, I'd like to help you, Han, but I have my hands full. Right. <laughs> Wait a minute, you can't. You can do that in music. I mean, <laughs> so anything's possible, really. Any other questions for Mr. Voucher? I, I would like to continue that point and commit to that point. Uh, and what we seem to be looking for is a f new, fresh way of putting these ingredients together and coming up with a thing right. of soap yeah. bubble that we get to go. And my goodness, Han and Misha did find an extraordinary, fresh way absolutely. to put these elements together. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's uh, I think should be the goal, and it's a very difficult goal to reach. But impossible. It's inspiring. Momentarily, so you, you can see get it happen. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely.